This is Killer Innovations, a show about ideas, creativity, and how you can innovate. Welcome to the Innovator's Garage, where you learn to create your next game-changing killer innovation. Welcome to Killer Innovations. This is your host, Phil McKinney. Uh, each week, we come on this show to share with you our thoughts on innovation, creativity, and design. Uh, we are now wrapping up season 11. We are beginning season 12 here in a couple of weeks. Hard to believe we've been doing the show for that long. We started at the end of March in 2005. If you're listening live to the radio stream, um, wherever that might be, we're broadcast across uh, roughly 30 stations um, across the U.S. on the BizTalk radio network. Uh, but if you want, you can hop on over to killinnovations.com slash live. Um, and click on the, the icon, and you can actually hop on to the video stream. We are in about three-quarters done with the rebuild of a studio here. Um, actually, the first real studio we've had. Um, in the past, we recorded the podcast sitting in uh, closets and uh, hotels um, around the world uh, as a way to uh, do the, uh, the podcast. But now with the radio show, and with uh, technical support from companies like Zoom.us and Logitech and others, um, we're experimenting with live streaming the show. And the live stream gives you the option to actually log on and to ask questions. Today, we're also live streaming onto Facebook. So if you're on Facebook and, and you, you want to go there and hop on, you can just search for me and then uh, you can watch the live stream um, as we go here. And you can post your questions and comments. Um, and that also gets the benefit that during the commercial breaks, we can actually have some interaction. So again, if you want to watch live, hop on over. Cameras are live. You can see me sitting in here in like a partially completed radio studio. Um, the construction work is done, but we don't have any furniture yet. Last week, I was asking for some feedback for people to kind of send in their comments and, and, uh, thoughts and, you know, just ideas around the show, but also, you know, we are coming up on the end of season 11. The last time we really did any kind of a celebration was when we got to the first 100 shows, which was back in uh, 2006, 2007. And we really haven't done any kind of celebration since then. So, however, I have got some emails from listeners and I want to just share a couple of them. So the first one comes from actually New Zealand. It says, great to hear from you, Phil. Uh, hey, I have to say I love listening to your show. Hey, thanks for this note. I've been painting the house lately, so I donned my earphones, plug in your Kill Innovations podcast, and away I go. I zone out and enjoy your shows at the same time, get my house good and spruced up. Um, I actually do the same thing when I listen to my podcast, but my wife accuses me of using that as an excuse not to, uh, to be able to zone out on, on her. Anyways, I thought you'd like to know that your show is being listened to a lot of different parts of the world. Um, all the best and keep those shows going because we are listening here down under. Sincerely, Nathan from Auckland, New Zealand. Another quick note we got this week was, hey, Phil, absolutely love Kill Innovations. You're crushing it. Julie. So again, Julie, thanks a lot for uh, that note. And also, hello, Phil. I hope you're well. I just want to say I'm thoroughly enjoyed listening to your podcast. I'm so grateful for you for making them. You're awesome and a great teacher. I'm working on a letter to you and a list of questions I can email. All the best, Athena. So I, the encouragement here is if you got questions, send them in. You can join us on Facebook. We're Facebook streaming today. We'll try to do that a little bit more regularly. 
but we also have the the regular stream on Zoom where you can actually post your questions, and uh, we'll try to answer those uh, in real time. But again, I just it's a while to hear from from you and your and your emails and your letters of encouragement. It means a lot. Uh, the background on why we do this radio show and why we do this podcast is really as a way to pay it forward. I had um, the benefit of having just an absolutely phenomenal mentor by the name of Bob Davis. And he committed a huge amount of time early in my career to kind of set it on the right path. And then later in years, when I asked him how I could pay it back, he just kind of chuckled. and He goes, you can't pay it back. You need to pay it forward. You need to find a way to share your experiences, your expertise with others. And that's that was the motivation in 2005 when we started the show, and that's our motivation today. So hopefully you find this information useful and beneficial and would love to hear from you and hear your questions. So let's pick up for this week's show. Last few weeks, we've been discussing a number of topics when it's just been me, when we haven't had guests. You know, last week we had... Uh, Tom Fishburne, the very well-known cartoonist. And if you don't follow him or you don't have that background, then uh, uh, hop on over and listen to last week's show. But if we go back to early February, we started off a, a series of podcast radio shows around starting off with how to create and use predictions to create an innovation roadmap. You're not going to know where you're going if you don't have a roadmap. And how do you create the roadmap? And are there better ways to... Um, do predictions and to create uh, new ideas. So that was the February 2nd show. Uh, then the next one was how to use those predictions to scout the future. So how do you use that roadmap to now go out and try to scout out who's doing things in different areas, looking across the wide range of sourcing, meaning, you know, is there something going on in, 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 that's interesting in university research and federal research labs and in nonprofits and then large for-profit corporations, uh, the VCs funding in a very similar area. And that was the February 9th show. And then we did the six golden rules for brainstorming. These are kind of the fundamental rules. Before you even do a brainstorming session, these are the fundamental rules you should have in place before you even start working on uh, creating a, an innovation session. And that was the February 16th show. And then we got to the next show, which is on February 23rd on how to actually run a next-generation brainstorming session. This isn't the traditional brainstorming session where you put 10 people in a, in a boardroom and crank out a bunch of ideas, and then you got two or 300 ideas. You got nothing to do with it. You know, what do you do with a list of 200 ideas? Do you type them up? Do you send them around in an email? If you do, what happens next? Nothing. Nothing happens. All those emails get stuffed somewhere, and there's no progress made, and you know, you look back, a lot of people view those innovation uh, sessions as just total busts. They're just not going to be the uh, uh, successful. So in, the, in that February 23rd show, we actually showed and walked you through how to run what I call this next generation uh, brainstorming session. And this is really around not only how do you set the session up, but how do you run it? And then the most important step is ranking the ideas. So how do you rank the ideas? Well, that's great. Now you got these three or four really great ideas that came out of the brainstorming session. What do you do with them, right? Now, before we start stepping into today's topic, if you have not listened to these podcasts starting back to February, February 2nd, the, the recordings of the radio show, that's what the podcasts are, then I would encourage you to go back and listen. And in each of those 
shows, there's bonus material, there's free downloads, like an actual example of an innovation roadmap, what they look like, and how do I present them normally from the standpoint of uh, conveying that information to an audience, or the scouting checklist, how do you create the scouting checklist, to what are those golden rules for running a brainstorming session. And then the one that's by far been the most popular download since I put it up there is the exact timelines, the exact structure, the exact process I go through when I'm running a brainstorming session. So you can go grab those. They're free. You can download those. So you want to go over back to KillerInnovations.com and then just go through the show starting with February, uh, February 2nd and then just work your way through. Okay. So this week is, now you've got your two or three ideas that come out of that brainstorming session. What do you do with it, right? So first off, what is that pitch? Pitch, in a real simple term is, it's really a sentence or a story that conveys the essence of your idea. You got to be able to take what is that rough, nebulous of an idea, and you got to be able to communicate it so that another person gets it and understands it. And then why is it important? You have to have a pitch in order to get other people excited about your idea. You doing an idea on your own, not all that interesting. And that's the quickest way to kill an idea. You need to be able to attract others with the same amount of passion and the same amount of conviction that you have around that idea. And that's why the pitch is absolutely so important. And you need to be able to have that pitch ready anytime, anywhere. In an elevator, you run into someone on the sidewalk, you're sitting at lunch, you need to work on it now, not wait until someone asks you for a pitch. Get the pitch ready up front so that at any time, moment's notice, you can go out there and just uh, share that pitch. And then, you know, you need to prepare for that pitch. It's not just you just don't wing it. You really got to think through it. And then we're going to talk about how to, what does the outline of a pitch look like. And we're also going to talk about why, what you should never say in a pitch. And this is the collection of terms and things that I've heard in pitches that just absolutely drive me nuts. So stay right there. We're going to cover that and cover more on today's show, which really is about how do we prepare you for giving that absolutely best pitch. So stay right there. We're going to be back. If you want to get connected with us, text the word INNOVATE to 33444, and uh, that way you'll be signed up for our newsletter stay connected. Otherwise, stay right there. We'll be right back. We're talking about how to create that perfect pitch and get that idea funded. Stay right there. We'll be right back. Thank you. Biz Talk Radio. is Killer Innovations, a show about ideas, creativity, and how you can innovate. Welcome to the Innovator's Garage, where you learn to create your next game-changing killer innovation. Welcome back to Killer Innovations. I'm your host, Phil McKinney. This week, we're talking about the pitch. We've been talking over the last uh, month or so about how to go from really nothing to generating a whole long list of great ideas and then boiling it that down to the top two or three. The immediate question is, is what are you going to do next? What's the next thing you're going to do with those ideas? And the key thing is you got to create the pitch. How do you get in front of whether that's an investor or your boss or whoever, who are you going to 
how are you going to get in front of them and convince them that you've got that idea or that this is that one idea? So first up is you got to prepare the idea. Now coming out of the brainstorming session, it's you know something written on a post-it note stuck up on a board, and that's kind of the nebulous of it. So what I really call step zero is is you've got to really work the idea. You got to refine it. You got to describe it more completely. You got to describe who, you know, who would benefit from it. Um, why would they want this? Um, what are any of the hurdles? Are there technology hurdles to really do something with that idea? Step one, then, as part of that, though, is you got to define and determine what the scope of the idea. Is this building on something that already exists? Is this just an incremental? Or is this something that is, like, fundamentally different? And you're just blowing the doors off of anything and everything that is out there. And so, uh, you know, that's going to kind of determine how much, how big, or what's the scope of the pitch that you're going to present. The next step, what I call step two, is, is you have to understand who can give you the green light? Now, if you're an employee inside of an organization and this is a pitch you're making to the boss, you need to understand who is going to be in the process of approving moving this idea forward. Now, I've talked many times on this radio program and in my book around this, the challenges of what I call the corporate or the innovation antibodies. And these are the people who are always going to tell you no and they've got 10,000 reasons why it's no. This is the step where you have to identify everybody who's got to be in the approval process. And then at that point, then you've also got to understand their psychology. Are they going to be an antibody? What kind of an antibody are they? And then what is your process to get around them? So go back to old shows. There's a whole series of shows on antibodies. You can search for it on the Kill Innovation site. Um, it's also an entire chapter of my book teaching how to get around um, these antibodies, how do you uh, work around them, where you don't let no really be the no. You let no just be the challenge that you need to respond to in order to be successful with the idea. But the key there is you got you know, what I call that next step is once you know who gives you the green light is you got to understand their perspective. You know, are they the finance guy? So they're looking at risk. Um, are they someone in a leadership role that maybe runs the innovation team and feels threatened that you came up with a new idea. It's what we call an ego antibody. So you need to understand that perspective. And that's really step three. Step four is you need to create what's the, the structure of the pitch. So if you understand kind of the, the scope of the idea, is this an incremental or is this something fundamentally new? Who do I need to go talk to? What, how do they want the idea presented? what past ideas have been successful with them and how were they presented. And then and then in this one, step four, it's really about building the structure, right? You know, first off is you got to be able to take your idea and describe it in a single sentence. So what's the one sentence that describes this idea? So for instance, and these are some examples I picked up off the web. You know, one is, is you, if your idea is around, I'm researching how human cells, re, you know, reproduce then it's, you know, that's really describing, you know, for instance, research in DNA. Most consumers aren't, or most people aren't going to know what a DNA, you know, aren't going to really understand DNA. So you use that one, you know, one sentence description. Another one is, is, you know, in the computer world, we'll say defragmenting, you know, hard drives. Well, 99% of the people don't even understand what defragmenting a hard drive is. Your one sentence description there is, it makes computers run more efficiently. Get that. I understand that. I don't understand what defragging a hard drive is. And there's a whole, you know, there, there, there's this process of, you know, we want to get in and talk technical. 
you got to simplify it. So first off in the structure is, is create that one sentence description um, around what that idea is. And then take that one sentence and start building out um, your, uh, your actual pitch. Now there's going to be different kinds of pitches. There's the elevator pitch, right? Where it's just you and one person and you're going two floors. That's where that one sentence comes into play. You're gonna, they're going to say, hey, what are you up to? Give them one sentence and make it enticing enough that they want more. Now, you could be on what I call a slow elevator pitch. And that's where you get kind of the 30-second um, full pitch. So you got a five-second pitch, one sentence. A 30-second pitch where you, gotta, you can give a little bit more meat, but you can't get into the real detail. And then you get into what I would call the expanded pitch. An expanded pitch would think, be things like eh, lunch. Uh, when you're across the table and it's a discussion, you're not showing anything. It's just purely a, you're conveying or trying to pitch your idea. It could be uh, potential angel investors, venture capitalists. Uh, could be a customer that you're trying to buy, get them to buy in. So you need to have kind of a story-only based pitch as, again, one of those pitch options. And then next is you're, now you're invited into the conference room. Now you've got slides and you've got... Um, PowerPoint and handouts, maybe um, they're seated. You're in the front of the room. You're making the pitch. Much more extensive part of really uh, telling uh, that 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 story about what your idea, you know, really is all about. And then, um, then you got the whole executive review. This is you're going to deliver the full detailed plan. If you're an, if you're pitching to a venture capitalist, this is going to kick in to the whole process of due diligence. And really getting into the due diligence around your idea, right? So you got the elevator pitch, the, you know, the 30-second pitch, the five-second pitch, which is just you and one person, 30-second pitch, you know, story only, lunch, story only, but now you got an hour. Then you got your conference rooms where you got PowerPoint. So you got to be able to be able to float back and forth. The next step is, is once you've laid out the pitch, you got to test it. Find some friendlies, present it. Don't go after the big guns right out of the gate. Deliver that pitch and deliver it a lot. Get out there and just talk to a lot of people, test it out, get their feedback and refine it. And then ultimately you gotta deliver it. In, in this case, you wanna deliver it in such a way that you're not needing to look at notes. You're not gonna be needing to look down. You're not gonna be looking at the screen over your shoulder, you know, seeing what slide is up. You should know it's so cold that you can be able to deliver it at a moment's notice. Step seven is you got to understand what is it you do when the pitch fails. They're going to fail. You want to find out why it failed. What was it that they did not agree with? Was there some assumption or some statement you made? You want to turn every no or failure into getting more feedback. You want to understand why it failed. And then step eight is you may go out and do a bunch of pitches and you just decide just to do the idea on your own. And so therefore... Uh, be prepared to do that. Be prepared to step out and just do the idea on your own. So next up, what we're going to talk about is the actual outline for a pitch. And this is an outline that I use with some modifications that's worked out very, very well for me. So you want to come right back. We're going to share the actual outline for the pitch. Um, and then at the end, we'll talk about what you should never say in a pitch session. So stay right there. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Is talk radio.
This is Killer Innovations, a show about ideas, creativity, and how you can innovate. Welcome to the Innovator's Garage, where you learn to create your next game-changing killer innovation. Welcome back to Killer Innovations. This is your host, Phil McKinney. Uh, we're picking it up here in the third segment, talking about how do you present your pitch? You've got a great idea. You've got it written down in your notebook. You've come up with it through some method, whether it be a brainstorming session or your own ideation activities that you do in the morning. Whatever that mechanism is, you got this idea. Now you've worked on that pitch. You've refined the idea. Now you actually got to put that pitch together. You want to be prepared so that when someone asks you about that idea, that you can be really crisp, really snappy with a description around that idea that gets them hooked to the point where they're going to say, hey, I want to know more or I want to invest or I want to buy that product from you. So first off, if you're going to make a pitch and you're making a pitch to somebody else, particularly if you're planning ahead for the pitch, the one fundamental key that I always recommend is, is, you know, before you even write the pitch, if you're thinking about somebody get what I call an endorsed introduction. Know who you're going to talk to and tailor the pitch to them. Now, I get literally hundreds, if not thousands of emails every year uh, with people wanting to pitch um, an idea. Now, because of the radio show and the podcast and all of that, I try to take on as many as I can, but I can't take on all of them. But 90% of the case, those are cold, meaning there's no relationship. We don't know each other. They're not being introduced to me from anybody that I know. Um, and at the same time, though, they can have a great pitch. But when you're first doing a cold pitch, the first thing out of the gate is you got to justify it. You've got to build up some credibility as to, you know, why, why you and, and who are you and, you know, do you have some credibility that makes this interesting for me? So you want to get an endorsed introduction. And you want to, particularly if you're going to be doing a planned pitch, know as much about the person you're going to pitch to so that you can tailor the pitch. Now, when you actually get into the pitch, step one is what I would call set the vision. You want to start the pitch off as if your idea has been fully manifested and what that end result is going to be. What does the future look like because of your idea, because of your innovation? You want to capture the imagination of the audience, the individuals, if it's a room full of people, or you're on stage in front of 5,000 people. You want to start with that vision. What does the future look like from that standpoint of um, if your idea is fully manifested and the impact is fully realized, you know, is this company that you're pitching to going to grow out 5x? Are the investors going to get 100x their money return? Are you going to solve uh, uh, the water problem in Africa? You know, whatever it is, start off with the vision. And if you can tell the vision well enough, then you're going to have everybody in that room on the edge of their seat. They're going to want to know, okay, I get that vision and I want that vision. How do we get there? And so step two is you need to be able to then describe your idea. You decide your vision, and then you want to be able to describe the idea. Why is it? That What is it that you're working on that's going to help that future become real? And you want to make it really one, two, maybe three sentences. 
but something that if the audience can actually remember and they can actually repeat it to people they run into. They can say, hey, I just saw this pitch and this guy had a great idea and it did X. What's that one sentence? Maybe two, maybe three, but I wouldn't even take it to three sentences. And you want to start that off right after you set the vision. Here's what the future looks like and here's what I'm working on. And, it, and it's that piece that gets connected. People are going to remember the vision and they're going to remember that one sentence. And that's what you clearly want to get ingrained in their, in their minds. Step three then is to list the benefits or the impact. What's the impact that this is going to have? Now, this is a little bit different order than most people think about it. They want to get out there and say, here's what I'm working on. Here's the benefits and here's how it's going to be impact. I flip it. Vision first. What is it with one sentence? Then you get into what are all the benefits? What's those? What's the impact from this thing that I'm doing? What's it going to have on the overall um, on your organization or on your investments or on the society or on countries, whatever that is. Um, but you do that after you've set the vision and after you've set the what it is you're working on. Then you get into analyzing the competition. Who else is out there that may be doing something similar, not so similar, totally different, whatever it is? Now, I, I've gone into a lot of pitches where people try to convince me that there are no competitors. This idea is so novel, nobody else is doing it. BS. There's always somebody in the space or in a parallel space. I mean, the fundamental question I always ask is, okay, if the customer's got this problem, how are they solving it today? They got to be solving it somehow. Now, it could be a crude homemade solution that they're using to, to do this. But there's always something out there. If, you, if you're trying to solve a problem, it's already being solved somehow. Or it could be that they're, it's being ignored or it's much, much, much less efficient. But there's always some form of competition um, in what's being done. So... Be honest with yourself. Look deep. Look hard. It's rare that I've come across one where there's been no competition. Um, so, you know, think about it really hard. Understand who you're up against. Understand what, it, what it's going to take to get them to stop doing what they're doing now and to do it your way. Um, and then the, the fifth step after you've kind of shared the competition is to share with them why you. Why should you be the person that they should back? Why is it you that came up with the, uh, this idea versus somebody else coming up with this idea? Why is it that they should hop on your horse for success rather than making a different decision? Now, this is challenging, and this also is challenging depending on culture, because in many cases, most of us are not very comfortable bragging about ourselves. You know, we're not big on talking about you know, why me? And I'm the best person at this and I'm an expert in that. But in this case, you got to tell a little bit about you. And, and if you've got a team about your team. So again, you got to tell them, you got to convince them why you're the person that they should be backing, not somebody else, but you. And what does that really mean? Um, in many cases, this becomes this step five really becomes the, uh, the, the make or break in a lot of pitches, right? You may have a great idea, but I'm not convinced you're the person to execute. I'm not convinced you've got 
the passion. I'm not convinced that you've got um, the transparency, meaning, you know, you're not going to play games. You're going to work with me as an investor and we're, we together are going to make this idea successful. Um, so this telling why it should be you is absolutely one of the more most critical segments of your pitch. Now, you don't want to go overboard. Critical doesn't mean you spend the majority of the time. Critical means is, is you need some proof, some quick proof as to why you're the person that should be backing this idea, right? Whether it's a previous job you've held, the success of a previous product or idea that you did, that you came up with that had you know broad impacts, that is what you need to do in this piece. The next step is you want to flatter the person that you're, that you're pitching to. If you're pitching to a company or you're pitching to your boss or you're pitching to an investor, know their background. Know where they've been successful. Know what value they bring to the equation. If it's a VC, hey, I see that you've invested in these five companies and you sit on these three boards um, and those companies have been wildly successful. I would love to work with you to get that expertise to contribute to this idea to really turn turn this into something that's totally transformative. Flattery does work. Most people say they don't like it. Flattery works. And then the last step seven is summarize and close. When you get it all done and you've made the pitch, what's the ask? What are you asking for? Are you asking for money? Meaning make an investment? Or are you asking for uh, permission to use resources inside the company to actually do something with this idea? What's the ask? I cannot tell you how many times I've got to the end of a pitch and there's no ask. So you sit there for an hour and you're like, what am I doing here? Why are we even having this conversation if there's no pitch, if there's no ask? So again, that's the last. You want to get to the end, summarize it. And you want to get to that ask. You want to be clear about what it is you are asking for. And so with that, we're going to take another quick commercial break. And next up, we're going to talk about what is it you should never say in a pitch session. And believe me, I've heard them all. Some of them absolutely shocking. So we're going to tell some more stories in the next segment. So don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back after this commercial break. And you're listening to Kill Innovations on the BizTalk Radio Network. BizTalk Radio. This is Killer Innovations, a show about ideas, creativity, and how you can innovate. Welcome to the Innovator's Garage, where you learn to create your next game-changing killer innovation. Welcome back to Killer Innovations. I'm your host, Phil McKinney. Uh, coming into this segment, we're going to talk about what is it you should never say when you're pitching an idea. Now, I've heard them all. I've, you know, literally, I get hundreds if not thousands of requests for people to pitch ideas to me now and in my role when I was a chief technology officer at Hewlett Packard we would look at roughly 3,000 ideas a year came through uh, what an organization we call the innovation program office and these ideas come from employees come outside from third parties 
university researchers, etc. Three thousand a year, and not all of those would come in result in a pitch, but we'd have literally hundreds of pitches. Invite a company in, pitch their idea, pitch their technology, and look if HP picked your product, you know, and it went into laptops, you're going to go into forty million laptops. That's a pretty big, you know carrot out there for people so we i've seen literally thousands of pitches so i've collected up this is both my list and some list of other people that i've talked to about what were some of the most outrageous things that people actually said in a pitch so first up is is what do people say when they first are standing up in the front of the room to start the pitch and, and i can't tell you how many times i heard this the person stands up in front and they go so How's everybody doing today? Okay, we're not here to talk about the weather. We're not here to talk about, you know, how, you know, how everybody got here and where did you drive from? You want to take advantage of that first one or two minutes and really grab the people's attention. You either want to ask them a question to get them engaged right out of the gate. Uh, that sometimes works and doesn't work. You want to say something startling. Or you start right into your vision. And I prefer to start right into that vision. Don't delay the time. Don't take the energy out of the room by all of a sudden asking somebody, hey, so how's everybody doing today? Um, the other is, is be careful of setting expectations. I've heard so many times people stand up, you know, in a pitch and they'll say something like, oh, you're just going to love this idea. Or this idea is better than sliced bread. Or this idea is going to solve... You know, it's going to, you know, we're going to have teleportation and flying cars. And, you know, you're setting an expectation that either gets totally discounted, which means your credibility goes out the window, or you're going to end up in a situation where you're going to set an expectation and then the rest of your pitch doesn't deliver against that expectation. So be careful. Don't set that expectation in the pitch. Let let them come to the conclusion that this is, hey, this is fantastic. This is some great stuff. This is just unbelievable. Make it, prove it out. Don't try to set that expectation early. The other is, is I've been in so many pitches where they come in and they do, they hand out the handouts, including the full slide deck that they have not even presented as of yet, right? And then a the person stands up and says, oh, they're handing out the presentation and what I'm going to do is I'm going to cover all the material that's in, in, the, in the materials, the handouts they just gave you. Well, then my immediate question is, so why are you here? Why are you even pitching? Just send me the material and I'll read it. If there's no value in having you as a human in the room, then don't waste my time. What I do is I, I would never hand out handouts ahead of time. I may say up front, hey, we've got a few, little bit of leave-behind material after, but let's get into the discussion. And you get them to focus on you and you get them to focus on whatever you're showing. Now, in my cases, for my speeches, and you can go over to SlideShare and there's a bunch of them over there for downloads. And there's, a, you know, you go out to YouTube and there's a bunch of videos of me, you know, giving my talks. You'll notice that I don't put many words. In fact, probably 75 or 80 percent of a slide deck for me where the slide is only a graphic, meaning it's an image of something. It's not a pie chart or a bar chart or bullet points. I use very little text because what I want is I want the audience to focus on me and listen to me, not be looking at the slide that's, that's up behind me. And so, uh, you know, doing handouts before you even talk, people are going to be flipping through the handouts. They're going to be reading it, not listening. 
Um, you haven't created that emotional connection, and the emotional connection in any talk, especially in a pitch, is absolutely critical. You have to build kind of that rapport and that trust and that relationship. Um, the other one I hear, and I hear this a lot, and it is a little frustrating, is, is you know, I've poured my whole life into this idea, blood, sweat, tears. You know, I've even had some people come in and say, I've sacrificed my marriage and I've sacrificed, you know, I've put my kid's life on hold because I believe so much in this idea. If you're thinking that's a selling feature to me, that's not a selling feature. That is not going to win any kind of persuasion points for me to come in and pitch, you know, and, and select your innovation or your idea. Not going to happen. You know, it's, it's not about how much energy you put into it. It's about the impact of that idea. You need to make your own personal choices on your own set of priorities, right? How important this idea is and how much you commit. The impact or the decision criteria that I'm using is what's the impact that your idea is going to have on my business, my industry, or my activities. Um, the other one is, is, hey, you're the expert, so if you don't like it, I'll change it. That's one I hear a lot, particularly when I was at Hila Packard. And I'm telling you, if that's the case, then why do I need you? Why, sh why am I focused on why, why should I back you? If you're discounting your own input and I've got so much expertise, what value do you bring to the process? So, um, and then the last one, which I'm always thinking is pretty funny is, Hey, I'm glad you want to move forward, but hold on. Let me finish the slides first. If I've committed to go forward with you, stop selling in the meeting. Get the signature on the contract. Don't keep selling. Don't keep pitching. Don't think you got to get through the slides. So hopefully you found this as useful. Um, if you follow what we just covered here on the pitch thing, I'm convinced that your pitches will step up to a new level and you're going to get some very, very strong response. So before we wrap up the show, could I ask one favor? Could you go over to iTunes and take just 15 seconds and rate the show? It helps us get noticed by all these new listeners into this new overnight success thing called podcasting, right? <laughs> and talking about podcasting, we've been doing this for 11 years. We're starting season 12. Love to have your feedback and your thoughts on how to improve the show. Uh, so let us know. Drop us a note. If you want to get connected, you know what we're, what we're up to. Text the word INNOVATE to 33444 in the U.S. If you're outside, go to Innovations dot com slash innovate uh, we're going to talk to you next week thanks for listening this is kill innovations on the biz talk radio network and we're right here every sunday thanks a lot for joining us bye bye Opinions you hear on BizTalk Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of this station, BizTalk Radio, its management, or advertisers. The information on BizTalk Radio does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or service. If you have any questions about BizTalk Radio, contact us at 817-274-1609 or at biztalkradio.com. BizTalk Radio. 